All right, I'm recording now. All right, so welcome back to the Hidden Gems podcast. I am your host, Kendra, and today I have Janelle Haynes, the principal owner of Just Be LLC and the founder of Camp Sanaa with me. And she's going to talk a little bit about what she does, how she started her organizations, what they are, and enrichment programs for children, school-age children. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Kendra. I'm, it is such a pleasure to be in your presence, as always. Aww. Totally enjoy, you know, our conversations and everything. So if I just jump right in, uh, like Kendra said, my name is Janelle Haynes. I'm the principal owner of Just Be LLC. It is an acronym for Boldly Educate. And I'm the founder of Camp Sanaa. And it's actually, the whole name is Camp Sanaa for Life. And Camp Sanaa, well, I'll start back with Just Be. Just Be was an organization I started about six or seven years ago. I was a mother at home with my youngest son, my last child. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I know that I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to be in education and I knew I wanted to influence the process or influence the people who actually are in the classroom. So I knew that my skill or one of my skills was the ability to kind of train and, you know, influence how people think about and approach teaching in the classroom. And I've done that now in early preschool as well as middle and um, some adult ed. And so I started, you know, just be with the thought that that's what I would do. I would influence the process. I would go in and kind of assess different uh, education centers and see if they needed help and do like a questionnaire and kind of see if it was aesthetics or if it was personnel and just kind of get my feet wet on being in that setting and, and just seeing where I could be helpful, but mostly influencing the, the teachers. And then fast forward, four or five years later, I've gone back to work and Dun, 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 the pandemic hits. And so we all eventually were home by March, right? And so my husband and one of my awesome mentors, who ironically is your mother, yeah. decided to uh, <laughs> just, she poured into me for so long and we were able to have a very real conversation. And with the combination of my husband's thinking and uh, her influence, Everybody's like, Janelle, what you gonna do? And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll try to, you know, put something online for a company I'm working for. And essentially, you know, my mentor and my husband were like, do your own thing. Like, this is what you know how to do. You yeah. know, you know how to create programs for kids. You know how to be an effective leader. You know how to put things together and organize in such a way that it's enjoyable for not only the children, but the, the teachers as well. So do your own thing, put a camp together. And so I actually employed my children to help us come up with the name and that <laughs> name became Haynes Backwards, which is known as Sanaa and Sanaa stands for Student Entertainment Network and Hands-On Activities for Life. And we say for life because the idea is that children will learn something by actually doing it alongside or leading other children, but it's something that they'll be able to use for the long term. And so we created programs and ideas and theme weeks where children actually you know did things with their hands and with their brains and had and learned a skill that they could use in their adult life for example we touched on engineering we touched on exercise we touched on recycling and repurpose and we also you know we had guest speakers you know you want to be able to speak to people whether they're your age or not and so i wanted the the 
get kids to be able to ask questions to another adult, someone who was an entrepreneur, someone who was doing something different. They met, you know, a really good friend who started, actually two good friends who started, one started a t-shirt business and one started an earring company. One was born out of the pandemic, you could say, and the other one had been thriving for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it was important for to me, for our kids to learn something that would impact them, not just now, for down, but <clears throat> something that would influence them down the road. So that's why we had the for life on the end. Okay. I think that, I mean, and I just to let the listeners know, I did like a, a, a smidgen of volunteering with uh, <laughs> camps and uh, just like, it was a good experience. It's always great to work with you and just to also give them some background information. Janelle used to be my manager uh, <laughs> at a summer camp that I worked at and she was the best manager I think I've ever had. Definitely that I've ever had. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely that I ever had, like, thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's huge because, you know, and not to interrupt your thought, but because I feel like, you know, your mom was one of the best I ever had. And oh. I tried to emulate and do some of the things that she showed me. And the, the interesting thing is she did not become my direct manager until later. Okay, she right. She interviewed me. But the interview... Just the interview alone what made me want to give my best. It just made me, it was the questions that she asked and her ability to see, my resume didn't necessarily um, match completely, but she saw something on my resume and she immediately said, you have a talent and we're gonna use it. And for me, that was like, she is going to invest in something that I took time to complete, which was my degree. Mm -hmm. and. And that let me know that whoever comes in the door, had it not been Kendra or whoever else was on my staff, I have to be, I have to help hold myself at a standard and whoever I had the opportunity to influence, we're going to be our best. You know, um, we're going to be better than our best. And we had a great summer. Like I think we, we had a blast. The kids were great and we got great reviews. We did a survey, you know, and I could not have done that without you especially I could always count on you. So, you know, while you say I was your best manager, you hands down were one of my best employees. You made it easy. <laughs> you made it easy to do my job. I, I tell people today, I never had to worry about Kendra. It was like, what do we need to get done? Let's do it. And so you, you made it also easy and great for me to feel good about doing something that um, was my specialty. Yeah. You know? You were the first manager that... Um, gave me like my my performance review and you told me that um I had a a why not attitude and the way you explained it to me was like well why not it was in a positive light you know it wasn't in a, a negative light and I think it's so important for people like whether you're starting your own business or whether you're working for a company to have people that are going to encourage their employees or for you to be an encouraging manager and to always like be ready to help lift people up in ways that even in ways that you might not even know because I'm sure when you said that you probably didn't even think that that would be something that stuck with me but that is something that has stuck with me since that happened and that was oh, like wow. like <laughs> like five six seven years ago I don't know oh longer than that it it's was a long time ago right yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 2021 20, uh joy was born in 2011 which is when I started 
And so that's been 10 years ago now. Can you believe you've been in my life for 10 years? No. <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, I took I took that serious. You know, I felt it was important. If you have an opportunity to share share something with someone, that time is valuable, right? And so what you share in that moment, and even if you don't remember all that, because I, I forgot that I said that, right? But whatever I said, it needed to be um, effective. It needed to resonate with you because I meant it. You know, my intentions were to influence the process and the next generation. You know, I feel strongly that if I'm in a position to give um, anything, I want to be able to have help someone replace me. That's why this camp was so important. Right. You know, I wanted kids to see the opportunities to do something really great and lead their peers so that they could influence what happens afterwards. Somebody's replacing me. So I taught the art class this year. Mm -hmm. Next time it's going to be the younger kid that teaches it because they saw me do it. I make it seem like it's possible. Right. And that's important also, especially in the line of work that you're in with working with children, especially in your camp, because a lot of times kids may not necessarily get that type of encouragement from a camp counselor per se, <laughs> um, right. because like camp counselors, you know, they're there to have fun. They're there to play board games with you. And then like you have figured out this very unique way of being able to do camp through a pandemic. Um, like <laughs> had the kids on the on the camera on the uh, computer engaged active they were asking questions because like I was able to I had to be tech technical assistance uh for <laughs> for my mom when she did the mask making video or a tutorial with them um live on camera and I was there and I was just watching and they were like so if you fold the mask and I was just like wow these kids are really into this yes. and even in the little bit of help that I did do <laughs> um I got to see some of the videos that they did like when you had like the the physical fitness week and they were like sprinting in their neighborhoods and all this other stuff it was really great to see them find new ways to be active and still be interactive with other kids at the same time and get their their social skills up so like I really wanted to bring you on just to highlight your talents and your abilities to just kind of uplift and just figure out new ways to do things because I think that's so important especially right now in this little weird kind of renaissance period that we're in like mm -hmm. it's important for you to figure out way new ways to do things that you did before in the old ways like we're saying bye-bye to the old <laughs> and we're welcoming in the new because <laughs> things are never going to be the same after the pandemic and I just applaud you for all of that everything oh, thank you done. Oh, you're welcome <laughs> I appreciate it it's funny we didn't know if it was going to work. We like literally my cousin and I, and I just employed her because I said, I need somebody I can trust, right? Uh, someone who can be in the presence of children. And I know they know what to do, mm -hmm. uh, which is why, you know, asking someone for you to help, you know, write descriptions and influence the process. I know in the back of your mind, you were thinking about how we're going to impact these children, right? Virtually or in person. We, we did it in person, so now we got to try it virtually and let's see what happens. And we really had no idea. We, we truly leaned on faith that I heard someone say the other day, you need faith friends. And I had to listen real carefully because I was like, <laughs> not fake, right? Right. Faith, faith F-A-I-T-H. And honestly, my village, you know, including yourself and my cousin, 
that's how it was able to take off. I had no idea, you know, we would have, you know, 12 kids and then go to, you know, have almost 60 some register and average 30 kids a week. And parents were literally like, oh, it filled up quickly. Cause I'm like, no, I'm just gonna cap it at 20. That's just, I'm, you know, trying to look on the screen and trying to see all these kids, that's too much. Blah, blah, blah. You know, who am I to say what God can do in my life? And so then it was like, you know, people were emailing me and texting, oh, I couldn't get in. I was like, okay, we're gonna open up five more slots. <laughs> then I was like, no, wait, if you build it, they will come. We're gonna open right. up 15 more slots, right? And we'll see what happens. Cause you know, just like your wedding, you expect 75% of who you invited. I could do 75, you know right. what I mean? Let's just see what happens. And you know, and it was just beautiful to see the kids getting, they act like, you're, like you said, they ask questions. You wouldn't even think, oh, make a mask. And she's only asking for like three materials. This might not be that exciting, but they literally like, well, can you lean the camera down? Can we see? Yeah. Wait, you know, I think she's, can you tell her to slow down just a little bit? Sure. The fact that they ask questions anytime kids are in your, in your presence and they ask you questions, I feel like you're doing something right. Right. Because if they're just saying, mm -hmm, yes, ma'am, mm -mm, not shake your head. Something's not right. Right. You know what I mean? They, they, why they should be sponges, part of that sponge, part of that absorption is so that you can think about what to do with that information. You know, so if you think about a sponge, and I'm not always the best at analogies, but when we put it in water, <laughs> it soaks up everything, right? But our intentions are to use that water to clean and wash, right? you know? And so if we think about, you know, taking all that information, now what am I going to do? How am I going to put it out in the world? You know, how am I going to spread it out? on this table of ideas and thoughts and, you know, how am I going to use this energy? And so I just love to see when kids just, you just give them something and they run with it. Yeah. You know, um, it is so beautiful to see. And the fact that they were jumping in, asking questions that also spoke volumes about the children that we're raising today. Mm -hmm. So I felt good about going back to my friends that participated the people that I didn't know who told their friends about it. I even had a friend shared on her school network. She didn't have to do that. But the parents came back to me, you know, and said, they can't log on, you know, they're nervous and, you know, this and the other, and they're asking questions and they want to know more. And, you know, but the thing that really felt great, or I guess in addition to all the other things that felt great was I could go back and tell the parents that you did a great job. Like it was their affirmation that they're doing something right. Cause we always feel like you're a parent, I'm a parent. It's like, if I say that same thing one more time, if I raise my voice one more time, but then they go out in public and somebody says, those are kids, that big sister, she's a big sister, right? Yes, she yeah. is. She was caring for, you know, her siblings when they, you know, I let them go in the store and I would do the same thing with my students. I remember when I first started a camp, to, to go back but come back forward i took the kids to the mall and i was in an area where these kids that's not something you would just do because you don't know what they've seen or done or you know their parents are in these kind of unique situations where um going to the mall might not happen being able to afford was at the mall is a whole nother conversation and i remember my leader saying are you sure you want to do this yes absolutely they need the opportunity to go and see what it's like now how do i prepare them to go in this environment they've never been in let's have a conversation you know, and they were complimented on their ability to walk in the stores, ask questions because we took a scavenger hunt in the mall. And so they found all the items. They were excited to come back and tell me about the items. 
and it dispelled it dispelled that whole myth that they would be so mesmerized and you know forget why they were there that they might make a poor choice out the door you know had they not had that exposure who knows you know what they might think about you know that experience it, it could seem like a foreign country to them and so my point in saying that is the great another great takeaway was i was able to go back and tell the parents how well they've done yeah. what parent doesn't want to hear that their child did a great job yeah that's um, that's very true you know like you're like <laughs> i'm at home going off on these kids all the time and then somebody comes back and tells me they were so great like i you know i send my kids in a story every now and then i'm at the front door and somebody will come out and say they had their stuff together. I like, I'm impressed. One made sure they had the money. They counted it when they came up. They told me one time they went in the store. Somebody tried to get something that was more than $2. Oh. <laughs> you know, business was like, no, you need to make another choice. Right, um, right. But just to reiterate, I love being able to tell parents they're doing a good job. And all those parents whose kids were there, I was able to have that conversation at some point. Yeah. You know, they did a great job. Yeah, that's really good. So, you know, we talk about my bag of questions. Oh boy. <laughs> we'll see what I we'll see what I pull out uh right now. So, your first question is, have you ever considered giving up and why? If oh, absolutely. Um today. Yesterday. Today. <laughs> um it's so funny you asked me that because I've been thinking about this question and and I had a feeling that we might touch on this topic. I don't know why, um, but yes, absolutely. Part of it is when things are going really well right. and people are around you, they want to just pour into you, right? Mm -hmm. And they have all these ideas and, oh, you need to talk to this person. Oh, you need to talk to this person. Oh, you know, you can fill out this grant or you should apply for this money. And so it gets to a point where you get overwhelmed with information. And so because you were really, really good, you know, now I think it was Viola Davis. I listened to her on um, Netflix talking about August Wilson plays and, you know, you get to a point and you get these awards and the question is now what? right and so when you, people started asking all these questions and pouring and trying to give me all this information i felt like that now what was really like it was a lot of press and mm -hmm. i was like okay and at one point i just said you know what i can only do what i can do right mm -hmm. you know how do i still give those pieces out there so people are still interested they still feel like it's important and and i literally just when those moments happen i just stopped and I don't want to sound cliche. It's not a deep breath. It's literally a prayer. It's like, okay, Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to get back in it. You're not putting this on my spirit just because, you know what I mean? It's not just a moment in time. Yeah. Right now, I need a moment. I need a break because I'm becoming overwhelmed. But literally, somebody came to me this week with an idea, and I think it's great. And they were speaking terms about you know how it works in their environment and i said to the person that i knew i was like so we're going to talk in layman's terms later right because <laughs> that kind of was over my head it sounds good i feel good about it um but i need to process it you know and the beautiful thing was whenever you take those moments you recognize you really have more time than you think yeah a lot of times we're rushing ourselves you know what i mean <laughs> like uh so yeah those moments happen you know being a, a wife a mother you know entrepreneur and and i still work let's not forget nine to five uh, because there are 
you know, bills and things that need to be paid. You know, somebody said the other day, you have a husband. Yes, I do, but I go to work every day because there are things that I have to contribute. There are things that I have to do, you know, for myself that don't necessarily involve him. Yeah. So, you know, he is a huge piece of why this works. Yeah. Um, but it's still, you know, my responsibility to to carry things on and out. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be human. <laughs> I would be lying oh, and you would be like, crack your face on the ground. <laughs> like, lost. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Talk about it. Like, why do people always use it as an excuse? And they'll be like, but you have a husband. Okay, but I got bills too. Like, right. <laughs> Yes. You like people kill me and they'll be like, they'll be like, yeah, well, you have a husband at home. You don't understand what I'm talking about. And I was raised in a single parent household. Like, mm, mm. oh, we could, that's a whole nother topic. Explain to me, please oh. tell me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, well, you, you talk about that's a whole week. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, the, I was raised in a two-parent household, but literally my husband and I had a discussion about what that looks like. He was raised, you know, in a single-parent household from 12 on up, and it's different when you're bringing those two worlds together. So to your point about somebody trying to say what you have, you don't know my story. Right. So um, I, I, I get, you know, and people are who they are, you know, being human, just saying how they feel and making observations, and that's fine. Um, it wasn't offensive, but I just felt, you know, it's important to know and understand, like, I, I made this household work. Too. My household requires two incomes. Yes. Let's be clear. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's the point. Yes. You know, that's that's just the state of, you know, where we are. Yeah. You got three kids. I got two kids. So that's one income per parent in my house. So, like, <laughs> like I just, y'all be, folks be out here talking about, but you have a husband. And, uh, and 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 <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. he got his own stuff too like right right yeah let me see what i can find you in this bag oh my why should be something about a husband no uh I <laughs> okay this one's a good one this is one i ask um almost every episode what book are you reading right now oh so i'm an audie girl i i tell everybody if they recommend a book is it on Audible? Because right. um, the way my life is set up right now. Definitely. So I have many. And okay. I try to read. I try to read one that's going to keep me pumped up. Mm -hmm. I try to read one for entertainment. For the longest time, I was always trying to read these motivational books. And I had a really good friend tell me, okay, Jeanette, you're already motivated. Why? Get you something that's entertaining, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to lose the motivation. And, uh, you know, I get and there was this fear that I would get out of that mode and I would just quit. And so she said, No, find something entertaining. So right now, if I go to Audible, look, y'all, she done pulled out the phone. She, I, I had to pull out the phone because you know, uh, I just finished Aladdin Factor. That okay. is an awesome book to read, and that is you know the power of asking. You know, it's literally. You know, when you wipe the genie, you rub the genie, you ask yeah. the genie for, you know, what you want. The difference is you get more than three things to ask for. Mm -hmm. And so the concept is that if you don't ask, how do you know? You never know. Okay. Right? Um, and so just ask the question. Mm -hmm. Just ask. 
because and then you have an opportunity to know to find out what you don't know but then you also have the opportunity to see just see what happens you never know who who you're asking on the other side um part of the one of the um most impactful parts in the book talks about um the power of the ask but being in a room with someone and you're you you need something and the minute they start asking questions you know you can try to get something all right so how do you keep them engaged and start to kind of reel them in if they've asked you a question they're already telling you they're interested right if you have to keep talking you know without them asking questions then that might not be the yes you're gonna get that's an interesting thing to take away from this right right and i said oh man how cool is that you know and they just kind of it also touches on influence Mm -hmm. uh asking the right person being in the right room uh how did you get to that room it might not matter but if you can sit beside that right person you know, or just have a conversation, right? You just never know what might come out of that. So Aladdin Factor, very good book. And then for entertainment, well, I guess you could kind of say it's entertainment. Americana. Okay, what's that about? Adichie is her last name. She, Ngozi Adichie, I, I will not try to say her first name because I would tear it up. But <laughs> Ngozi Adichie is the one that was on TED Talks and her title was The Danger of a Single Story. Mm -hmm. uh and so americana is one of the books that she's written and it's funny uh it's entertaining it's kind of uh it's very it talks about the nigerian culture she's from nigeria and you the cool thing is you don't know how much of it is you know factual you know and how much of it is like the entertainment part so it's cool because you're kind of listening like that didn't really happen to her oh that could have happened mm, that might have happened to me it's like <laughs> Oh, she's talking about sex. Oh, wait a minute. Now she's talking about race. And, you know, and it's, it starts off with her in the hair shop. She's going to get braids. And if you can imagine a Nigerian in America going get to get braids, braids and she's talking about the conversations around her, it's like, I can still relate to that though. You know, being in the shop and feeling like I want them to talk English. Yeah. So I know what's going on. <laughs> and I want and she she literally talks about now they told me it was gonna be two or three people on my head and it's only one person and I've been waiting. How many how many of us had that experience? <laughs> you go to the hair shop and you're like, What are the other two people? I've right. been sitting here for a minute. So it's funny to hear her have that experience being a Nigerian and she just kind of touches on all of that. And so right now I'm reading that. So that's a, that's my entertainment and that's my inspirational. Okay, those are good. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you what I am reading currently. So this is um, probably, no, this is like the second time I've mentioned. Okay, so I just finished reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh yes. Um, that was good. And then I have started reading the book called Jump by Steve Harvey. Yes. How is that? Um, so far so good. So far so good. I'm literally only in the first chapter. I just started reading it. And then you know this, and I my listeners know this. I read books, I narrate. Um, so the last like day, this whole day has been me spending just editing. So I haven't had a chance to read anything or interact with my family. <laughs> I literally have okay. been in like a bat cave all day staring at my screen. Like I got up from the screen and I went to the bathroom. I looked at my face in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I got dark circles under my eyes. <laughs> oh no. So um, I haven't had a chance to read today and I probably won't have a chance to read tomorrow either. Um, 
but on Monday, I plan on listening to that book again. Um, for entertainment, I have, what do I have on here for entertainment? I don't think I have any entertainment books right now. I finished the whole Bridgerton series. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm waiting. I'm trying to wait until I finish my, um, all of my audiobooks because I got like five, five or six books in production right now. Okay. So I won't be done until May. And that's when I have a little more free time. So I'm going to reread the second Bridgerton book, um, The Viscount Who Loved Me, because it was such a good book. And because that's going to be the next season Series. that comes out. Okay. Right. Okay. And I saw, I found out who they cast to be the girl. And they kind of changed it. And I just love the way Shonda is casting. Okay. It she's doing be. Listen, she's really pulling a, um, the that Cinderella with Brandy and... Uh, oh. That's yes. what she's doing. That is what Shada is doing, okay? Yes. <laughs> because in the book, everybody is blonde hair, blue eyed. And in the TV show, we have seen that they are yes. all of the races, okay? Oh. <laughs> so yes. the girl who is going to be like the main love interest in the second season, I found out who they cast to be her. And I'm very excited um, because she is of another race. Yes. It makes me think about Othello. Do you remember studying Othello in um, the play? Uh we okay, so we briefly touched on Othello. We didn't get too deep into it when I was in school. Really, I'll have to try and read. And it. Lawrence Fishburne played him, but I think somebody else played Othello too. Okay. Maybe a, a more recent version. Um, but it was yeah, you like go black man, go. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, the other books though that I have queued up are um they're both Brene Brown books. I'm obsessed with her. Oh me. Uh, so too. I have Daring Greatly. That's gonna be next. I might start that one while I'm still reading the Steve Harvey book, honestly, because I just can't mm. wait. <laughs> and then I have another book that she wrote. I think it's one of her earlier books. It's called The Gifts of Imperfect Parenting. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, because I'm always like, I'm trying to figure this parenting thing out. Like nobody, they don't, they don't give you a rule book. Like I literally have to lean on other parents. Like, you know, I'll call that's, you. Listen, that's really what it's about. Like Kendra, for real, it's not even, nobody can write a book because we're all different, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's what God intended. Even as parents, we're different as children, you know, every one of our children are different. You know, I went through this experience where I was thinking, oh my God, three Yes, because I would not know how to love more than that mm -hmm. uh, in my head. Yeah. But I distinctively remember before my son was born that I, I called my mother and uh, I said, tell me, can you please tell me how you knew how to love all three of us? Like, how? She said, I just paid attention. Aww. She said, I, I, I paid attention to the things you know, as you guys were getting older, that you were attracted to, that you liked and things that you did. And Kendra, she wasn't lying because we would all come home from school or um, if we were all home for one one reason or another, yeah. she would make everybody's individual favorite. Oh, okay. So, wow. So one thing for my sister, one thing for my brother and one thing for me. And she made sure that that's what she prepared when we came. You know, my mom was the one that for birthdays, she didn't do store-bought cakes except for one year she tried to trick me and my cousin. We were like, don't do that. No <laughs> um, but, you know, she just had this way of like navigating through it. You know, I, I miss her so much because there are things now in my life. I wish I could call her and say, you know, what did you do when daddy said, you know what I mean? Or when the kids, when, me, when I started, you know, giving you a little lip, like what, how did you, 
hold your peace or you know what was the strategy for that and so but my, my getting back to my original point is nobody can write a book because my child's not going to do what your child does but as a mother a black mother a mother of boys there's something there that you know we can share you know what i mean and and figure out how to either talk through it together yeah. you know or say well kendra have you tried this or you know what do you think about this our child when that when we went through that this is what we did <laughs> something if nothing else but to humanize you you're like you know what girl i feel so much better <laughs> <laughs> these kids crazy and then you're like that it felt good to say that out loud yeah it does <laughs> It feels good to say it out loud because they will take you there. Mm, yes. They will take you there. Okay, let me see what else I got. My other question. So what is your favorite small business to support? Ooh. You support a lot of small businesses. I do. I it I, I do. I guess I could say it's my favorite, my favorite business is small business to support because you have to start somewhere and if i can give a piece of me to a small business and then get others to contribute then eventually we're pushing that small business to you know a larger business so my favorite business to support is small business it doesn't have to have as long as you know its intentions are good right and it's not uh it doesn't misrepresent me or you know something that is important you know to the greater good then yeah. I don't have any problem. And and if I had to choose a favorite, if it's my friends are doing it, I'm absolutely I'm I'm yeah. all in. You, you know, and and I I'm gonna pay full price. Mm-hmm. As uh um, what's her name from uh Blackish Tracy. Tracy Ellis Ross. She posted she posted yeah. something like that. Like if your friends are selling something, pay, like pay full full price. And it's cool that you offer it to me. I actually watched I Am Athlete the other day with um, Brandon Marshall, and it was the the interview they did with Cam Newton. Okay. And Cam Newton was trying to give his he launched his new hat line, and he was mm-hmm. like, "I got y'all. Here you go. You know, this is what it's about. It's highlighting um, influential African Americans." And Brandon Marshall said, "No, dude. Like I'm gonna pay." For this like it's cool that you want to give it to me but i'm gonna pay you for it yeah because that's what i'm supposed to do right yeah. you know and and that's what i feel strongly about definitely you always pay i always brag about my friends because i always say my friends all my friends pay for full price so <laughs> i mean they like they don't ever really ask for discounts especially not uh like when it comes to like waist beads and jewelry nobody ever asked me for a discount and i really appreciate that even though i will i do do that a lot i'll be like oh no i'll give you a strand yeah. free i'll give you a uh, half off because you buying five like and they'll be like no full price please and i'll be like <laughs> okay full price yeah. then yeah, full price then yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, if you patronize someone for a long time, you build relationships, you know, um, where people can feel like you, you know, you're worth it, you know, yeah. and that's good. Uh, but I also, you know, if you're trying to feed children and you got, this is your side hustle. You know, how can you possibly build a business if you give them everybody a deal? That's true. You, that's you true. can't. That's not business. Mm-hmm. You're a donation. Yeah. <laughs> now taking donations so. <laughs> which is fine too but if the goal and this is you know one of the things that's very important to me is to build generational wealth yeah. 
Right. You know, nobody's giving, you know, us anything. Even the things that are coming out now, nobody's giving us anything. The intention was to never give us, and when I say us, black and browns, to give us anything. Uh, and so what I realize and I recognize is that we have to now start creating these environments and these businesses so that we can become the new old money. People joke, you know, and laugh at me when I say that, but real talk, like that's my goal. How I'm going to get there, I'm not completely sure, but I write it down. I put a number beside it. You know what I mean? And I profess it and I, I put it in the atmosphere. And I believe when you put it out there, God is going to, he's going to find a way for you to get there. There's going to be work to be done, you know, but I believe in building generational wealth. And I can't do that if I'm giving everything away. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I can share my knowledge, you know, and you and I talk about the seats at the table, give you a seat at the table, connect you with people. Um, but it's important to properly, fully invest you know, in, you know, our friends and their, you know, their ventures and, and you know, of course, share your knowledge. If you feel like, mm, <clears throat> let's be honest about, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, but if it seems like it's legitimate, you tried it, you tested it and, and, and it's looking good, it has good potential. I absolutely am going to invest in it because what I know is if I invest in Kendra and I pay full price, Sam and Weston have an opportunity to do something great. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things I love to do outside of investing in small businesses, you know, my college students that I meet, somebody posted, you know, send a college student $50. Well, I don't have $50, but I can split the 50 and give two of them 25. Right. right? And because the other thing I know is one day my kids are going to be in college. Yeah. And I want somebody to look at them and be like, baby, you, you might be hungry. Right. You know, like, you know, that happened for me because somebody like my parents were investing in all the students that sent them a, a email. I mean, not an email, a invitation to sponsor them and debutantes and things like that because my parents invested in the generations, you know, behind them. Somebody in, in turn invested in me. And so, you know, it's kind of off base, but similar in the sense that we've got to build that that base now by fully investing and paying for a price so that generations, our generations, the generations to come can eat, continue to eat for generations and generations. I strongly believe in generational wealth. Buy yeah. some property, invest in something so that, you know, we'll have to get to the point where we can retire and we dog tired. Right. And can't do nothing. And can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like um, in the episode I had with my mom and David, when we were talking about McDowell Enterprise, um, we had an interesting little sidebar conversation about uh, how, because they're both baby boomers, when they grew up, everybody had their own business, mm. like their parents and things yeah. like that. And then, but they taught, so their parents who had their own businesses taught them to go to school and get a government job and work the government job or work a job for 20, 30, 40, 40 years. years. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's how they were going to retire, but they were owning their own businesses. And then they grew up, the ones who got taught to go to college, teaching their kids, yeah, go to college, but also <laughs> you need to do something for yourself. You need mm -hmm. to have a job for yourself, a business for yourself. So now we're in this weird state and not weird, but we're in this really great space now where a lot of people, black and brown people particularly, are working to own their own businesses, uh, create generational wealth, and kind of going back to what their great grandparents did, you know? Right. And uh, had to do. 
Yeah, they so but they had that's, and that was the interesting part. It was like they had all these businesses because they had to mm-hmm. because of segregation, and like we kind of got away from that because we started depending on like the masses, like. And now we're all like, well, you know what? I do like that personalized feeling I get from small businesses Mm -hmm. because I can go in there or I can speak to that person. I can speak to the owner. They know me by name. They understand what I like and they're going to make it work for me. Whereas if I go to Walmart and I buy something, I bring it home, it's broken or it's open or, you know, it's not in the box. I'm going to take it back and they'll be like, okay. And they don't care. <laughs> just get another one. Yeah, just they don't care. And and sometimes they might even get your heart talking about giving getting another one. So well, like you know what? You just made me think, like, as is so many things that you know, black and brown people create, we invented refurbish. Because to your point, if you brought something from my store, toy, clothes, you brought it back to me, I repaired it for you and I gave it back to you. Mm-hmm. Like we did that. Yeah. We had to do that for one. You know, there was no a whole no a whole lot of money to go and buy a brand new and replace and no return return policy. I can only imagine <laughs> you know what that was like back in the day, but it was like, well, I'll I'll fix it for you. Like I'm genuinely gonna fix it for you. And it and it would be like brand new. And honestly, you know, that thought is not horrible. You know, we always think we need brand new, but I actually heard people say, actually getting the refurbished iPhone is a better phone. Mm. You know, um, that might not always be true because sometimes you feel like, you know, that's not good. I want something brand new, new is better. And, you know, they've got all the fresh new parts. But if you think about it, the parts have been repaired and they now know what was wrong the first time. Yeah. So when we learn and we know, we, you know, we learn better, we do better, we fix better, you know what I mean? Um, and so refurbishing is is not such a bad thing because right. that's something that we know how to do. Right. It's kind of like um, the, the quote that was constantly, he constantly says in Rich Dad, Poor Dad about um, the ability when you're thinking about something you think like I can't afford it he's like you should switch your mode of thinking to how can I afford this because Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. do something it shuts your brain down and you're just like I can't so I won't but if you think around it and you're like how can I afford it it gives you opportunities in your head to think of possibly small business ventures you could go on or things you could do to invest your money so that you can afford what you want and um, I think it's a lot like that, like what you were explaining. Also, totally off topic. Go ahead and tell everybody what um, what HBCU you attended because you. Oh, well, and- let me just lean the camera down just a little bit so everybody can say I went to the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, Aggie. Hey, all of y'all do that. All of y'all do that. If you don't do it, something's wrong. You're not a real Aggie. You didn't attend. You just pretending. You just were like one of them Jiho visitor type uh-uh. Like you, you're not an Aggie if you, you can't the- say it, and you have to say it like that. Like you, it's like you know we say Aggie pride is nationwide. You literally could go in another country and shout that joint out, and somebody's gonna be there and say it. Like it, it is. It's that real. Uh. Yeah, like y'all are y'all are a trick. You're the second Aggie Pride. <laughs> You're the second yeah. person who went to NCAT who has been on my um <laughs> who has been on my podcast, and y'all both did the same thing. That's why I had to go oh, yeah. and let you do it. 
Yeah, uh, I, you know what? I respect you. That's why HBCUs, that love that happens between us is so genuine. Like it, I was on a panel the other day and I was up there with someone from Tuskegee, uh, Chicago, Inst Chicago University, I think it was, and Spelman. Okay. And the beautiful thing was we were all females mm -hmm. and you know how it can be sometimes with females. But when I say tell you it was so much love on that screen, like even though everybody was like shouting out their shirts and hype and everything, it still was like, you know what, we could relate to all the experiences everybody was talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids were asking us about, you know, what it was like, why do we choose that university? Everybody had a different reason, mm -hmm. you know, had a different background for being in that setting. But the love and, and somebody brought up the shine that we're getting right now. And it's just it's something you can't you can't put a, a price. It's hard to describe sometimes because it just feels so good. If I I would argue if I went on Savannah State's campus right now, I still would feel really good. Like I still would feel like, oh my people. Yeah. <laughs> like so much we out here getting educated and we wanna be here. Yeah. You know, and the people that are even struggling to be here, they're they're determined to get what they need while they're here. Somebody got them here. They got a why for being here. Right. The means to the end or whatever it is, you want to be here and you're trying to get this higher education so you can show somebody else like the beautiful thing about, you know, being in this setting, but how education can resonate, you know, yeah. in your life. And so I I'm glad that it's me and you on here and you know <laughs> you can shout out savannah state i can shout out ant and just feel pride about you know making that choice yeah you know and our kids need to see that yeah i need i think we need to go back they do i, I believe you're right. you right like a funny story is i don't know if you remember this but um when we were working together I think it was the first, I think it was the first year we were working together. I had just graduated from Savannah yeah. State. And I was experiencing a little bit of culture shock. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yeah. Like I'm used to like be like deeply immersed in the culture. Okay. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> you can't throw up your fist. You can't be like, bruh. Like, oh code switching is a thing thing like oh, and like you say. really helped to kind of got it it means so much to have somebody who has also been to an hbcu to be working with you and not, like not only just working with you to, but to be my supervisor and understand like mm. what i'm going through because like i remember uh, i think a couple <laughs> times you had to pull me to the side and you were like i understand what you're going through and it, <laughs> not even like black woman to black woman but just like hbcu mm. grad to hbcu grad because i don't think i would have been able to last <laughs> had i not had somebody near me that had been to an hbcu and graduated from an hbcu and experienced everything that they experienced and knew what it felt like to be immersed in the culture and then ripped up out of that joint oh. <laughs> because we don't even realize i, I distinctly remember having your experience which is why i can relate i remember graduating and being like oh there's white people right like leave you know you left campus you're like because even despite the fact that and my best friend was down the street at uncg and i would go visit her but they had a you know a huge population of black people that you know they kicked their hearts and when i'm with her doing the same thing i went in her dorm i i saw white people but it still wasn't like I still was in my own world. 
Because right. I, when I went back to campus, wherever I was, I was still in my mind in, on the HBCU campus. And I remember going to the mall, just doing all these things and seeing, right. you know, white people. But it was like, but no, I actually, but I'm still in the anti-bubble. Like, I'm yeah. in my bubble. And I remember coming home uh, and being like, y'all still here. Like, y'all out here. And like, <laughs> oh, wait. Right. So my name is Janelle Haynes or Millette at that time, um, you know, and nice to meet you. And to your point about code switching, like the high school that I went to, it was like split, like probably about 45 percent diverse. And then the other was white. Mm -hmm. So we had, you know, a lot of blacks, but we also had students that came from different countries okay. because our school um, taught all the languages german japanese of course spanish and french and it was another something else either way we had all these languages so people would come from you know other places to learn at our school because it was a gifted school or whatever so it wasn't um all white necessarily but there was a significant you know amount of diversity there but it still was different yeah <laughs> like it was like okay let me go back to yeah you know, being in this world and not, yo, what's good, you know what I mean? Like, like what? music in the calf, like, I just, oh, I finished, miss like, name that tune moments when you finish the lines of the songs, like, you know, Destiny's Child was a big deal when I was in um, college, so that was always playing in the calf. They would have name, like, uh, you had to finish the lines of the song, and I'll never forget Paper Thin, my MC light came on and I was getting mad because the person that they called up, they couldn't finish the line. Like all those experiences were now gone. I'm like, oh man, I can't yeah. just walk around singing whatever I want to sing. That can't happen. Like, this. <laughs> just a little quick HBCU. Yeah, I know. And where we, and you know where you and I were working, you definitely won't about to be doing none of that. Not at all. Like his bop, we could barely play that. So, you know. Barely. <laughs> you and I trying to, you know, flashback to a, a, a two-step in the calf. We're like, um, ma'am. Right. <laughs> make sure but not the, <laughs> No, no, no. But the beautiful thing, too, though, is that we had enough experience and training to understand that, you know, in code switching kind of sounds crazy to say, but we knew where how to kind of um, do what we needed to do. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? to you know get the job sustain the job and, and work in that environment and it didn't feel like you know punishment or we were suffering it was still we were still able to thrive yeah you know even though we were still because that even even though i could relate to you just coming out it still was a culture shock being in that particular environment like because it was they had their own culture yeah you know and it was something like, you just didn't do like that was different. It was just a very different experience, but I just really appreciated being able to have somebody who understood where I had been and like where I am now. And yeah. just like, we were able to just kind of like bond off of that. I think that was, I think every black person deserves that. <laughs> and, I agree. Yeah. And just like, I think that, and when they say nobody will take care of you the way an HBCU will take care of you, they didn't lie. No. Because um, just, some experiences that I had there, I know had I been somewhere else that it just wouldn't have been oh, yeah. nurturing, a nurturing environment. So it was just a great place. Um, and I just shout out to Savannah State. Shout out. <laughs> and you know, uh, 
the other thing is, you know, we all joke about those certain experiences, you know, fried chicken Fridays or whatever it was. Even fried chicken Wednesdays. Or fried chicken Wednesdays, whatever it was um, at the schools and being in, <clears throat> while I didn't have to stand in line, um, like for like, um, what do you call it? Refund checks or whatever. Mm. I was blessed, but I could relate because I had friends who would, you know, tell me about those experiences. And I feel like just being able to hear their stories too was a character builder. It humbled me, yeah. right? I was blessed enough, me and my brother and sister were blessed enough where our parents <clears throat> sacrificed majorly for us to go to college and not have, you know, um, college loans, okay. right? But had I not gone to school, and this is what I ended up learning from my friends being there, I would have thought that that's what happened for everybody. Because I had friends coming from home who had, were in the same scenario. You know what I mean? So we are blessed not to have that scenario, but we're also blessed to be around people and, and humbled enough to say that though that's not my experience, I'm trying to understand somebody else's because who's to know? I don't know what a scenario might be for my own kids. My goal is for them to not have to do that, mm -hmm. but you don't know, you know, and the fact that I know people who've been through that would be helpful, you know, for me to have to explain or, you know, if it comes to a scenario, you, you just don't know. Um, but college, having those long standing line moments or, you know, that professor who just won't bend, who locks the door five minutes after and is like, uh-uh, you know what I mean? Not doing it or having to humble yourself and go to a professor and be like, okay, so Mr. Brown, right. I know I haven't been in <laughs> class for this particular whatever for whatever reason, or I know, you know, every time we had a pop quiz, I just, I can't get it right. But please tell me what I need to do. Like, yeah. my name is Janelle Millet. My social is such and such. And, <laughs> you know, like, what do I need to do I to pull this grade up? You know? <laughs> I don't know what you need. <laughs> just help us out. Like, I'm just, you know, and, and I'll never, I tell this story and it's so true. I'll never forget my last semester. I had... For some reason, I missed taking microeconomics. And I don't know if you got to that point in your senior year you, and you start looking at what we call the Bible that told you all the courses you needed to take. And you're like, let me just make sure I'm good, right? And so I got down to the end, was on track, but it came down to one class that I hadn't taken and it was micro. Well, my advisor somehow worked it out so I could take macroeconomics. What? I had heard all kind of horse. I don't know nothing about economics. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And you're going to jump me from micro to macro my last semester in college. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. So anyway, I was in dance company and dance company. Part of the reason I said missing classes because I really would because we would go and perform places. So it was excused. But there's certain classes, you know, you just don't want to miss. I made sure I was in that class every day. Like I woke up early. Mm -hmm. to study because I was trying to get them little bitty points from the pop quiz <laughs> every time he had one I would go to his office hours I was like this man gonna know my name and I told him because he told us the first day he said listen if you um miss three classes you will fail like there's no way and he was right because that information was so vital like everything kind of built on itself or you needed to know one thing in order for you know the other things to make sense mm -hmm. and so I went ahead and introduced myself um, I'm dropping gems for those people about to go to uh, college now. Real talk. Right. You better introduce yourself to the professor. Um, introduce him myself. Told him I was in dance company. I might miss some classes and it could possibly be more than three. Um, but I will come to your office hours and, you know, I'm going to study hard for those pop quizzes. 
So anyway, got down to the end. It's literally the day before graduation. I need to call and get this grade. This is the last grade I need. I called a professor and I'm like, hey, you know, my name's Janelle, H- Janelle Millette. I'm going to hang spell so long. Um, <laughs> my name's Janelle Millette. I'm a senior. You know, I, I'm graduating tomorrow. I just wanted to check on my grade. <laughs> Everything else is good. I just need to know what this grade is. And he was like, okay. He's like, your social. Gave me the last four. He's like, you know, you can tell he's kind of going through. Duh, 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 duh. He's like, Millette, Millette. He's like, Millette. All right. You squeeze the C. I said, I squeezed it. Thank you. Click. I didn't care. I was like, that's my only C. I was like, dude, I don't care. The point was I needed to pass and get up out this piece. Right. Like, so, but my, my point is, had I not like kind of gone through that process and built that relationship or whatever, he probably been like, I don't care if you are Joe Smo to sit in front of the class every day. I don't know you. You know what I mean? You didn't try to make any extra effort outside of, you know, class and you knew you had a complicated situation. You know what I mean? And you didn't come and talk to me or whatever. He didn't like that. He could have just tipped the seat because I had, you know, who knows? I don't know. But um, baby girl walked across that stage okay. with that seat with pride. Okay. <laughs> With my squeeze, squall, see. Squeeze that joint. <laughs> that is funny. Yes, yes, definitely. My I remember my senior year. Was it my? I think it was my senior year. One of my semesters, I ended up taking twenty-one hours. My, um, I know, but I was missing like one class. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, my that I ended up taking twenty-one hours, and like, I had for some somehow some way. I don't know how it worked because anytime I took less than like 18 hours, my grades were just kind of like not that great. Mm, <laughs> but they were like, points. Yeah, because I was just like, mm, I don't have class till 10. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, when I took that 21 hours, I had, I ended up having like a 3.0, <laughs> like that semester. I was like, so all I got, all I had to do was cram my schedule the whole time I was in college to have a good GPA. Points. Like that's what I had to do. But <laughs> Stressed out. But, <laughs> stressed out. Was stressed. Okay, stressed. Stress. What? <laughs> what do we do? That's when you had that, uh, that breakdown. You like, oh, Lord. Yes. You had to call one of your friends to bring all the bad stuff you need to eat just to kind of get your mind. Well, was already eating bad because I was oh. in college. Like, <laughs> No, but I need you to bring more of the bad. Like, this, this is what I do. But I need you to add on so I can just get through right now. Yeah. And then see, the great thing about Savannah State is it's very close to the beach. So like oh. me and one of my roommates, we used to take late night drives to the beach. We would be at the oh, beach man. at night, which is actually kind of crazy when you think about it. Like two colleagues oh, out at a dark beach, like <laughs> in a strange city. In, like, crazy. <laughs> in the deep south. In the mm. deep south, girl. Ooh. We out here at the beach just in the, water. Around, in the dark. In the dark, okay. No class when you came back, though, did yes, walking around, just getting our feet wet, just talking, sitting yeah. on little like washed up trees or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's how you know you had a praying grandmother and oh. a on her face, like praying, like, Lord, I don't know what my baby is doing right now. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, <laughs> oh my god, see, I'm just coming in. Friend that we used to go, we always used to go get crab rangoon. And no, mm. you know Makia. Me and Makia used to mm. go get crab rangoon and um ice cream from McDonald's. Mm. It's just a little bad. 
But yeah, like no, please. I'm about, man, my, my, one of my closest friends, uh, this guy that was in, he had PE um, and I was recreation and um, he was trying to pass the praxis. And like I said, I'm just trying to be out like, dude, let's, let's do the work. And so I hit that moment where I just broke down and I was like, you know, the work, it kind of piled up. And uh, he was like, you know, we can go to Charlie's and get them rolls and that honey butter. I'm like, <laughs> what? he said he was coming to get me. He did me one better. He came, opened up the package with the rolls in them, butter all melted. I was like, yes, let's go. Man, we just talking like this is just the best stressful eating in the world. Like this, man. I was like, you know what? You my boy for real, for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Had a You're like, you know what? We already here now. Yeah. Let's just go in. Just broke yeah. one. But see, that goes back to what he was saying in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like you had to figure out ways to make fun. You got to figure out ways to make money too. Like that book was, that book was a good I got to read it. I have it in my Audible. I haven't read it yet. But one that is, um, I guess, kind of similar when we talk about money. It's really good. Quick read. And I feel like we might have talked about it, but maybe not. Is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay. So he referenced that book in that oh. book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. So that's on my want to read list. Oh, Kendra, you can do that. in you're an avid reader. You can do that in an hour. Yeah. Okay. It's like literally like that big. And that's me because you know I'm trying to edit this book. I know I'm sorry. So <laughs> when you get a moment where you're, you know, in your mind going to the beach, uh, and you're like, I got an hour, you can you'll be done because you're an avid reader. I'm not an avid reader, like I'm not I'm not even a page turner. When I discovered Audible, I was like, Lord, I can get through because I'm not gonna pick up a book and yeah, no. It turned the pages. No, I no, I, I don't have to feel the lettering and that's, I, that's not my world. I need to not. the pages. I need yeah, to smell I'm the good. I'm good. Let me just hear. And yeah. please, Lord, let it be a good person, good voice. Um, because I'll turn that off too. But that's the size of money. But <laughs> The Richest Man in Babylon is an excellent book about how to manage money, even when you are in debt. Okay. It's so good. And it just it gives you three very important lessons to walk away with. You know what I mean? When you when if you owe somebody you pay them back and when right. you reach a point where you are you no longer owe or if you're even if you still owe you know that's like another bucket right so you spend some you save some and you invest some mm -hmm. you know and then you pay off your debt and when you reach a point when you pay those things off then now i can still I, now i'm just spending some saving some and investing some and two of those things i know are going to get me a return to spend some might be something for my pleasure or some you know necessity or whatever but the reality is i'm i got two out of three things that are working for me right um, and so it's it's a great read it, it's it's not even you don't feel like you're getting a, a lesson as much as you somebody's telling a story about how this can work um and it's it's, it's really good I'm glad to know he referenced that. So now I really got to start with that important. Yeah, now, you got to so. go. I, and now I don't know if it's he, that he references because I accidentally bought the unabridged version, mm. uh, the 20 year anniversary version. So I mm. think it might have been a little longer. It also came with a workbook, which is great. Um, but mm. so if you do download it, I highly recommend getting the unabridged 20th anniversary version. It was really good. Uh. Um, okay. The person who read it wasn't as dreary, dreary, dreary weary as some, <laughs> some people can be. Like, um, right. I always talk about how I read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And mm. the person who was reading that, 
was very dreary and it took mm. me a very long time to get through it because I was just like oh my god <laughs> I can't I can't get through this but it took me a long time but I finally finished and I, I was also reading Bridgerton on top of that so I was just like mm-hmm. Bridgerton it was it took my whole everything yeah. My attention yeah. was there. <laughs> as, as it should have been. Is the book, is Bridgerton, um, like I always feel now that I am a, a avid Audie, An Audie reader, people are like, you're not reading, but I'm listening. Um, you're still getting the same information. I guess. I, that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but do you feel like the details in Bridgerton, because have you watched it on Netflix yet? Yeah, I've watched okay. it. Okay. Do you feel like... Um, slighted at all no okay i feel like shonda is doing a great job with that um now mm-hmm. i will say i did not go back and read the first book and it's only because i had already watched the series uh, so i was just like i had already watched the first season so i was yeah. just like i'm gonna start at the second book so i can form my own opinions because the first book i've already seen the series i've already formed my opinions me going back to read the book is only going to be me realizing that the duke was a white man in the book and in the show he was a black man like it's i mean and and even um uh oh my god danbury oh god jesus christ yeah she is um she is described as a blue-eyed woman in the book so Mm. yeah like that's what i'm just like "Mm." I like the way Shonda's casting it. So yeah. now every character, every character. Yeah. Well, that's that whole thought in my mind of like, yeah. let's just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. I go back and read the Duke and I. Everybody's like, did you read the Duke and I? I'm like, no, I didn't read that one because I had already seen the series. Now, mm-hmm. like Bridgerton is slowly turning into my Harry Potter because as everybody who knows me knows, I am obsessed and have yeah. been obsessed since I was like 12 years old with Harry Potter. <laughs> Which that guy was in it, they said. Nah. The Duke, he was in one of the um the movies. No, he wasn't. I think that people are confusing him with um Homeboy, who was in How to Get Away with Murder, because he was in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't even know who he is in How to Get Away with Murder, but when I was looking him up, because I was the real talk, I was like, he cute. Let me see what he's doing. What has he done in the he world? Was on Saturday Night Live recently, and they were talking what? about how he boosted the ratings. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it, that if he did not, something is wrong. Um, but I was like, I was just curious about him, and that's what they said in there. So thank you for clearing that up. See, that's why you, the danger in a single story—you can't believe everything. Yeah, it was. Um, God, what is his name? Now his name is like Alfred Enoch. That's what his name is, Alfred Enoch. Now he was in Harry Potter, and he was in How to Get Away with Murder. He is good looking too, though. Uh he grew up. He grew. <laughs> he grew up because in Harry he Potter. He grew up. He's very tall. And I think like I have a, a secret thing for like tall dudes. Don't tell my husband. <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> right. He gonna listen to him like I didn't know you think we're tall. I'm 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 six foot on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> he like, baby, you don't need him. I got you. And everybody who's listening can't see, but this is Alfred and Knock, who was oh. with murder. He, he, murder. he is. Yeah, maybe cut some of that hair now girl well and in true true confession i i'm i'm a chocolatey girl i i i so even that guy i was like he cute not really you know not my type but he's cute but normally it's like you know uh dark yeah <laughs> it's dark <laughs> you like you mean a little dark i like a little chocolate yeah little chocolate. like like my bears a little chocolate it's good for you know the yeah, 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 yeah. 
I don't feel like I really have a type when it comes to that, but I do know that I have a secret thing for tall dudes. Oh. I do know that, but it's not, like, if I think about, never mind, we won't talk about that on here. Yeah. This ain't, this ain't the that, podcast. This ain't, this not the platform for that right now. <laughs> that, that shall be edited. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question, Janelle, then I'm going to let you go. If it's right. This has been so much fun. This has. It's always fun talking to you, though. I know. It's great. We can relate on so many levels. And I didn't know that I was doing these things. Like, I was pouring things into you. I, I didn't know. My, my, and I told you, it's not genuinely meant. My intentions was just, Kendra needs to take my place. Whatever I do, which is why I wanted to make sure I did it well. Mm -hmm. uh, because you needed to take my place. Because my intentions were never to stay where I was. And, you know, you and I have talked about that. And so if I can't stay, if I, my intentions are not to stay where I am, then I have to leave it in a good, in good hands or leave it in a position where somebody, even if it wasn't you, but somebody could easily pick up the pieces and, and move, move them forward, right. like make it better. And so to hear that, um, hear what you say, you know, about me, you know, having certain conversations with you, that affirmation is beautiful. Like it, it makes me feel good about, makes me know that I'm doing something I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. The intentions that I set out, you know, are coming to fruition when I talk to, you know, people like yourselves. And, and I talk about you and I say my mentee, but she's kind of like my friend, you know, but <laughs> I think she'd be okay if I said mentee. I feel like that's, that's what I, I mean, that's the relationship we started. <laughs> that's where we work. <laughs> But you know, it's 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 weird when you can work with someone and it doesn't feel like that. Like I I want I like working with you know, and I keep shouting your mom out, but I never felt like I was uh, beneath her. I felt right. like I was her peer, right. you know. And when you can have conversations and be transparent, and you know, there were times she just told me straight up, like, mm -mm, let me let me let me tell you what it really is, and this is how you need to carry it, mm -hmm. and someone being able to talk to you in that manner and help build you up to not make the same mistakes or allow you to make mistakes and this is how you learn from that mistake you know it's, it's just a beautiful thing and, and and it set me up for success and being able to leave where i was yeah. i felt confident that i could go outside of those doors and do what i needed to do because i had someone like her to teach me and pour into me and be honest about the good, the bad, the ugly. But then I also had someone that I could trickle that information down to, ironically as your mom, but in a different way. But also like, I can, I feel confident in passing this baton to Kendra because when she takes off, she is, you know, the, the last person and she's gonna bring it to the, to across the finish line, like, in, in excellence you know what i mean and so <clears throat> it just makes me feel good that i could those things happen for me and that i can do the same you know for someone and, and not even like real talk it wasn't even about me trying to impress your mom it was just like it's something about kendra i didn't even know <laughs> you know what i mean like i had i didn't even make that connection somebody else told me and i was like oh cool but by this time you gave me a card like you, you every people are watching you don't know what they're paying attention to and mm -hmm. i'll never forget i knew i was doing something right because one of the things i always felt like you was always keeping it real like you know you don't understand like people are not, have not done the things that you've done like <clears throat> you said nobody's trying to build a relationship with these vendors like nobody's trying to do you know whatever and i was like really like to me it was kind of like an anomaly 
Like, you mean they didn't go and visit the site and try to yeah, make sure you were the it. first person who I ever went to visit a field trip site with. And I had been working mm. in camp. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Yeah, well, yeah, you had been there for a long time. been working in camp before I had worked with you. Because I was like, we going in training we going on a field trip <laughs> yeah. okay i'm gonna sit on this bus <laughs> <laughs> you need to know this is where we got these are the places we're gonna be because here's the other thing you had kids watching and they need to know that okay if miss kendra and miss janelle feel safe here then i can feel safe here right. because they've been and they're familiar with this space mm -hmm. just knowing where the bathroom was was vital because you know yeah. we had little kids come on now we had little kids and we couldn't stop a bus to go to use the bathroom no you stay on that track mm -hmm. so you know when we get here y'all i promise you the bathroom is right at you know when we turn into the left you know this is the plan this that and the other um so i i had no idea that i was doing something that meant in, that was important for you being successful it, you gave me that card just kind of randomly and i was like oh man like okay this is what it feels like to lead people and them you know trust your process or feel like you know this is these things that we're doing are important because people hate camp you know yeah, and that perplexes me you're like i'm like you don't like camp like this is you now we worked you know <laughs> what i mean like it was not just come yeah. chill like we were talking about earlier listen make, it make sure the kids good like no because mm -mm. when we had to get on that sandwich rotation what <laughs> I was like, the chef, the chef need help. Where? Doing what now? <laughs> Making them sandwiches. And uh, could you please pack some extra bags of ice in those large Ziploc bags? Double zip them, please, because they need to be cold. Right. Um, oh, my God. Those kids love those sandwiches, though. They did. It's like Christmas. They like and when we put them on and putting chips on the sandwich. What? And that ranch dressing. What? Yes. I yes. would never forget one of the parents told me that I saved her a headache at home because I had told showed her chip her kids how to put chips on the sandwich. <laughs> didn't feel like cooking that day when she went home and she told them to make a sandwich and she saw them put chips on it. She asked them, "Why are you putting chips?" And they were like, "Miss Kendra puts chips on her sandwich and it does make it better." And <laughs> Saved her so much headache because they ate those sandwiches. <laughs> oh, they ate those things. I mean, especially you going to swim and you talk, you gonna try to be picky about what's on this sandwich. Oh, this sandwich when we get out this pool. That's mm -hmm. what turkey <laughs> never tastes so good. They like mm, turkey and cheese. Turkey and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, he tried something different. He made tuna salad one time and chicken salad because somebody had made a request like, can we change it up? Whatever, whatever. Them kids was like, I want my turkey sandwich. <laughs> They're like, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> I didn't want that other stuff. Oh, since we talking about food, the question I pulled is what oh, is your sorry. What's what? What's your favorite snack? Oh. We talked about food a lot in this episode. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, if I had to say my favorite, probably popcorn. Okay, that's a good one. I love popcorn. I love popcorn because I've had to um, get away from chocolate because that's probably my number one, like <laughs> chocolate cover, almonds, chocolate. Just, I love chocolate. Okay. Dark chocolate is my absolute favorite, wow. but I've had to get away from that. So popcorn. Yeah, I love popcorn too, especially mm. when I'm like on my super healthy Tim. <laughs> mm, yeah. The popcorn is it. But then like now I got these braces and my my orthodontist be like, um, you can't yeah. 
he can't be eating that popcorn. I still be eating it though. He don't listen to the podcast, so he'll never know. But I, he'll know <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> well, and I, I have Invisalign. The only reason I'm speaking of things you're not supposed to do, I'm currently drinking tea with Invisalign. You should not do that. Oh, uh, by the way, because it could loosen up your attachments. But that's besides the point. I need the tea in my life. It just makes me feel so much better. Honestly, yeah. I started drinking it when my mom passed away. I never liked tea until she passed away. And really? then for whatever reason, I started, I just was like, you know what? I want some tea. And then after that, it's like, I just got to have tea. And Did your mom you know, like tea? Oh, let me tell you, loved it. She would always, if I was not feeling good or my stomach was hurting, I'm like, hey, mom, you know, my stomach's hurting. She's like, oh, you know what? You can have some, oh, but you don't like tea. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I heard before I drink some tea, but when she passed away, it just became a thing. I immediately started drinking it, mm. um, and and not just drinking it just out of habit. Like I started finding teas that I wanted to drink. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh no, let me try this, let me try that. But anyway, I I totally get some popcorn in the tea. Like I stay with floss because I'm like, I gotta have some. That's yeah. my favorite. Hands down. Yeah. So my favorite tea is the Mint Majesty tea at Starbucks. Wait, so wait a minute. I have Peach Tranquility. I have I get the medicine ball whenever I go there. That's my favorite. I never got that. Everybody keeps. Oh, you should get it if you like the um. What did you say? Mint Majesty. If you like that, you'll like it. Well, do you and like I'll, your tea to be kind of sweet? Yeah, I like sweet tea. I I okay. like it when it's sweet. I don't like citrus. Oh, but so the thing is. Um, well, if you don't like citrus, because it's peach, jade, citrus, mint. I've learned how to make it at home. I, Lemonade I, and a little bit of um, mint and honey. Really? Oh, so good. I've learned how I got it, I got it down now. Because I was like, $4? Yeah. When I can get the two things, I got both the other teas for like $8. And it's 7 or 14 in each container. I was like, honey, that's nothing. Lint, I, I mean, a mint, I can get that. <laughs> Just buy me a jug of lemonade. Yeah. I I can't get with the citrus teas. I don't know why. I can't. Mm. I've tried several times. It just hasn't worked for me. I used to like Earl Grey tea a lot, and a lot of people don't like Earl Grey. Mm, but it's my mom's favorite, but I don't oh, like really? it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That used to be one of my favorites, but like mint tea has always been my favorite. And when I found mm. Mint Majesty, that was over with. That's all I get. Mint Majesty. Is, is it um, like is the mint really strong? It's a green tea, so it's like a oh. green tea and a mint together. Mm. And then I get like six or seven pumps of the liquid cane sugar. <laughs> 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 you having some tea with your sugar? You're, yep. And then I'm like, let me get seven pumps, and they like seven pumps, okay. And sometimes <laughs> they don't put seven, and I can tell because I be like, this isn't, it's not sweet enough. One person did it, and they did seven pumps, and I know what it tastes like. And you only put five. They were like, ma'am, see that to your point about like being the norm of a story, you got to go to your same spot. Yeah. And like, you know, I want you to fix my job. Right. You fix it just right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a fact. That is a fact. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we will sit out here and talk and talk and listen. Forever. To, like, they ain't even talking about nothing no more. Like, <laughs> But we are though. We are. Um, we are. We are. These are life things. You're talking about two black mothers trying to figure out how our babies can eat and their babies can eat. Yes. 
you know what and that's what we we be talking we be having some real conversations though in real life no like real like real real talk the next conversation we gonna have is about you know the seats at the table because i told you we about to be the post child for that we definitely do that the next time you come on which i'm gonna have you back on we are gonna talk about the seats at the table because we're gonna talk about how these folks be trying to gatekeep at the table like what for what for what my mom made a really um, great my mom made a really great point on her episode when she was talking about go to the grocery store and look at the bread aisle and you see all those different brands of bread and nobody's stopping anybody from making new bread (laughs) that is a perfect analogy yeah and you you can even think about like hair products at target everybody got a hairline at target everybody does makeup like it's everybody has something at target so these stores these major stores are making room for our brands why the heck we not making room for each other you know what i mean like that that's the when i tell you that gets me and and it makes me check myself too because sometimes we do these things Mm -hmm. and we don't realize it Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, that's the very thing I don't like. Like, there's literally this thing that happens in me. It's like, wait, I, I can't treat people like that because that's the thing I don't want. I don't want that feeling and I don't want to be treated that way. So let me, I will, one of the things I, I do kind of pride myself on, and I'm careful in saying pride, but I will say is that I will check myself. You know, if I made an error or I feel like something that didn't quite go right, I will come back, you know, to it for myself and that person. You know what I mean? And and sometimes it has to be the right time. I don't always do it at the right time, but I will say, you know, if that didn't sit right with you or, you know, some it didn't sit right with me, I just want to make sure that you know these are my intentions or I apologize if it came out wrong or let's figure out how we're going to make this thing work. If, if I give that effort to do that, I can feel good about that um, because that's the only way, you know, we're, we're going to move forward. Right. <clears throat> that's so true. So, yeah. And I, I have some people that, uh, some more people that I think you would enjoy interviewing too, by the way. Okay. Well, give me the people when we get off. But thank you for coming on. Do you want to shout out your social media? Yes, indeed. We are at Camp Sinai for Life on Instagram as well as Facebook. Please go and follow and see the amazing things that happened for us last summer. We are on a, on a brief pause right now. Uh, we transition to our garden and um of course because of COVID and everything i wanted to make sure we were keeping people safe but we have some things coming down the pipeline that are going to be super exciting we have delved into this agricultural space and i have while i'm a novice i have attached myself to people who know this thing inside and out and the opportunities that exist for our youth through the agriculture environmental and uh, conservation space are amazing i'm talking about opportunities to go to college for free and opportunities to you know walk out those doors with those experiences and make six figures that's real talk i can't make it up and so if i am 23 years old and i got a job making a hundred thousand dollars the possibilities there are almost unimaginable let's get it you're talking about building generational wealth coming out of college those yeah. opportunities exist in that space. And so my job right now is to create, continue creating that space in our <clears throat> garden, this indicator where our kids can come and experience how to grow through lots of different processes. And we're working with um, 
HBCUs as well as um, a few government agencies to help make that happen. So shout out to all my camps and our friends. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kendra, for having me and um, allowing me to be a part of Hidden Gems. I feel like um, you are indeed a gem, so appropriate name for that. And yeah. I'm grateful for the friendship, the friendship, the the kinship and all the things that are to come. Um, Definitely the kinship, because we ain't going to talk about how you hopped on the family Zoom call. Oh, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Everybody was like, who's that? We were like, that's you. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, you, you're stuck with me now. But yeah. what, what we don't do is leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on. I really, really, really appreciate it. Love you yes. to life. Always. Forever and ever. Love you forever.